Well, I feel like I'm home. So, <laughs> what a privilege to be a part of, uh, of something that is making a difference in God's kingdom, and this church is definitely doing that. And Darren, what, what kind words. Uh, I love that man as a brother. I truly do. Uh, we've been through the wars together, and uh, God is good. So, thanks, bro. I appreciate the opportunity. We're going to continue today in the Hard Reset series. So I was talking with one of our church plants a couple of uh, weeks ago. They're preparing for a hard reset as a church. Uh, Since their launch eight years ago, they've been in the same facility. Now, this facility is no longer an advantage. It's a detriment to their growth. And so they they hadn't found the right place to move to, though. Now, recently an opportunity has come up where they can move to a place that isn't, isn't the best place for them to be. It just basically, they say, it's a lateral move. But I think it would provide them some opportunity to, to wait and reset some things. And so they asked me, what do you think? And so in my great wisdom as a consultant, I said, hey, you remember the game Frogger? I'm a pretty simple guy when it's all said and done. I said, you know, sometimes in Frogger, you had to move to the side laterally before you could move forward, right? And they said, oh, <laughs> I'm pretty deep. Anyway, so uh, I said, this is a good move for you. Move laterally, just as long as you recognize it's not a forever move, it's just a now move, so you can make those resets you need to make in order to move forward into the future. Okay, that makes sense. Now, sometimes hard resets need to happen, don't they? Uh, To get us back to where we want to be. And that's so forward movement can take place. Uh, Greg talked last week about our relationship with God, that hard reset. Today, I'm going to talk about the difference healthy relationships can make and the place where healthy relationships can develop. Now, to start with, I have a photo up here that was taken last Christmas, the day, in fact, it was the day after Christmas last year. These are my two sons. This is my oldest son on the left-hand side with his wife, and then that's my youngest son. That's Logan, one of the twins on the, on the right of the picture. We decided as a, as a family we were going to try something different. So we decided to go to an escape room. The day after Christmas, Darla stayed home with the grandchildren and we went to try something. We entered the room and we had an hour to get out of the room. And basically there was a, some sort of retrovirus that was going to destroy the world if we didn't, if we didn't stop it, right? So my oldest son's a cop and he like, he's used to using uh, detective uh, type of skills. My youngest son teaches AP calculus in, uh, at high school level. He's a real smart guy. And my daughter-in-law has a degree in chemistry and law enforcement. My contribution to the team was comic relief. Because that's what I do best, right? Okay, so we did, we did some laughing. When we entered the room, we began to tear it apart. And we just tore into the puzzle. We went to different rooms, began to talk to each other about what we were seeing, what we were finding. We began bringing the clues together into one central location. And it was all said and done, we escaped the room in 26 minutes. Yeah, we, we opened the door, so we put the key in the lock, opened the door, and the guy on the other side said, unbelievable, you missed the record by four minutes. Now, this is our, this is our celebratory picture, right? Because we were happy. That's why I've got, see, comic relief, all right? Now, reflecting on this later, I realized we were able to do this because we worked together as a group. Now, if it was up to me, I'd still be in that room, right? Okay. Now, you all should have received one of these when you walked in today, okay? Now, there's a a purpose for this. I want to show you the strength that one of these sticks has. Let's see. You know what I call that? 20 years of weightlifting. 
How about it? Okay. Now, one stick by itself just doesn't have much strength, does it? Not much resiliency. Now, there's a big difference, though, between one stick by itself and multiple sticks that are banded together. Now, let's see if I can break these. I can get a little bend. They're not going anywhere. Okay? They're not going because they are bound together. Now, last week, the passage Greg used had a recurring word in it right after the passage he talked about. The word was together. Three times in three verses, the word together is used. And it's significant because the togetherness was a characteristic that made the church stand out in the world it was in. It caused others to want to become a part of what was taking place. Now, following Jesus, I recognize, is a journey. There are twists, there are turns, there are challenges. But the reality I see over and over again is that this, this journey that, that is following Jesus is not designed to be a solitary journey. We're not designed to make it on our own. It's best done together with others. So, I want to talk today about that idea of others. Because that's kind of the challenging opportunity at times, is getting along with others, right? And that leads to the verse for today, found in Colossians chapter 3. The words will be right up here on the screen. Here's what it says. Therefore... As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Now what I see here is a prescription for developing healthy relationships. And, that, and that's the truth I want to look at today. There is a way to develop relationships that build you inside, that are healthy, and strengthening, fulfilling, supportive. But how? How do we do it? Well, I think we see three different aspects in this, in this passage here. The first thing I recognize is that there is an attitude we need to clothe ourselves with, an attitude to put on. Now, have you ever wandered into your closet in the morning And use these words. What am I going to wear? My wife said, every day of my life. Okay, that's what she told me when I asked her that question. Now, with my job, I often go to churches that I've never attended before and and speak in front of other uh, other places. And before I go, I ask the person who invited me, now, what is normally worn on the stage? Because I don't want to stand out. I I want to follow their normal dress code, whatever it is. When it comes to developing relationships that are healthy, supportive, encouraging, there is a certain type of dress, clothing, that we need to put on that will create that environment. Now, I read it early. Clothe yourselves, it says, with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I'll go real quick through these. Compassion. It's caring about others. Kindness is showing that you care about others. Humility. Not pushing yourself above others, thinking that, you're, that I am better than anyone else. Gentleness, if you've ever been around rough people, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And patience, now we'll talk more about that in number two. I was in a meeting a lot, not long ago when one of the people in attendance did not come dressed for togetherness. 
this person began talking about herself when she, she walked into the room and began talking about herself. She was pretty rough on several people in the meeting. She displayed a critical heart instead of kindness. Now, I want to ask you, have you ever been in one of those places, in a meeting with other people, where all of a sudden you feel the tension in the group begin to rise? Okay, that's exactly what was taking place here. And it didn't help because this was the attitude when she sat down. I could see it. I could feel it. Now, I think it's important for us to experience moments like that. Because it helps us realize the, the, the positive difference the right relational, relational environment can make. And honestly, maybe it even can remind us of times when I don't come dressed quite right for togetherness. Because we all have our moments. Now I want you to know, I've been a part of, of the environment that we're going to talk about today. Small groups. Groups meeting outside of Sunday mornings for many years. And during the times, during these years, I had the opportunity to work alongside people doing service projects, visit people in hospitals who were part of the group, go to weddings and funerals of family members in the groups. And group life has allowed me the opportunity to practice compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience over and over again because you're working together with other people. You're doing life together. And what I realize is that when I practice these behaviors, what I practice, I begin to do more naturally. So when I practice compassion toward people that I'm with weekly in my group, I can find myself practicing compassion with those in my neighborhood, those I work with, a lot easier because I become used to putting it on. So that's the thing. First thing, put on the right right behavior. Secondly, there's an action that we need to pursue or to practice. Listen to the words. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Collective groan. Bear with each other. Now, I'm sure when I read those words, did you have a a face pop into your mind? I did. I did. Because when it comes to relationships, this is something we're always going to have to navigate, isn't it? There are certain people you just got to bear with. Here's another word of way to put it, put up with, right? Uh, we all have these people in our lives. And if we're honest, sometimes we can be those people. I know I can be that person, <laughs> that guy, okay? I try to own my stuff. I definitely have my less than stellar moments. Uh, we were cleaning my mother-in-law's garage out after the passing of my brother-in-law. He did pass away, by the way, back in, uh, back in August. And I appreciate the prayers and the thoughts. He was a farmer. And he had all kinds of stuff in my mother-in-law's garage. I mean, granted, who knows when you might need 20 empty cans. Okay? Or something. Yeah, I mean, really, it was just all kinds of stuff. So we cleaned one Saturday a few weeks ago. It was one of those 90-plus degree days, high humidity, uh, I started on one side of the garage. Darla and her sister Donna started on the other side of the garage. We began to work our way toward, toward the middle. After four hours, we were all getting a little testy, if you know what I mean. I put some things on my mother-in-law's mower that I was going to look through, and that's when Donna said to me, I don't care where all this stuff goes as long as mom can get her mower out. I said, no problem, I'll take care of it. A few minutes later, she said, I really think mom needs to be able to get her mower out so she can mow her lawn. I said, no problem. I, I'll, I'll get to it. I was looking through some stuff at that point. I'll, I'll get to it, sis. A third time, she said, 
mom needs to be able to get to her mower. And I could feel the heat rising. Okay? And I could feel rising, but instead of blowing, I said this. Donna, before we are done with all this thing, I'm going to personally make sure that mom can get her mower out so she can mow the lawn. Don't worry about it. Now, maybe a little snarky, okay? But I didn't blow. I tried to bear. I tried (laughs) to bear. I love my sister-in-law. She is one of my favorite people in the world. But every relationship we have is going to produce opportunities to blow or to bear. Am I right? See, when I hear the phrase, bear with each other, I know this can only happen when we give others the benefit of the doubt, right? When, when we say, when we, say we, can only, we can only produce this uh, response when we're clothed with the things that we talked about, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Now, if you think about the lengthy relationships you've had with people through the years, you've had to learn to bear with people. Because in relational things, there are always opportunities that come up to blow. You've had the opportunity to practice forgiveness. These are things we learn as we interact with others, and we choose to practice healthy relational habits. The opportunities to practice bearing and forgiving normally come in smaller, more intimate settings, in, in family opportunities, right? Large group settings like this, uh, we won't have, we see each other for an hour, we won't have a whole lot of opportunity to, uh, to have to bear or forgive. I mean, maybe when it comes to getting out of the parking lot, but, but other than that, right, right? The opportunities to bear and forgive come in environments where people know you. They're looking into your life. You're looking at their life. And those are the times when things can be said that maybe are a little ouchy. Uh, maybe uh, attitudes come up that aren't always good. Maybe you disagree. But it's in moments like this when we practice the action of bearing and forgiving that we truly grow together with others. And we learn lessons that benefit us in all relationships we have. Because we can bear with each other in an intimacy. We can bear with others in our neighborhoods and at work. And when we bear and forgive, we show Jesus. Bottom line, we show Jesus. The third thing I see in this is that there is something that holds it all together. Now, I brought this with me. This is a, what, three-ring Binder, yeah, binder, okay? So what these rings do is they, they hold all these in. Now, if there were no rings in here and I opened this up on a windy day, what would happen? <laughs> It'd be gone, wouldn't it? Okay? The binder holds them in place. Now, there is a binder that holds these things in. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing and forgiving. It holds all these things together. Put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. It's love. What kind of love is this? Oh, that's a great song, wasn't it? Without the binder love, it wouldn't be possible to practice the things we've looked at with any consistency. Love for others is the only thing that makes bearing and forgiving possible. Uh, maybe I should put it like this. When you, when you see this, these sticks are held together by this rubber band, okay? So do this, and all of a sudden, he got strength without it we need the binding 
We need to practice love. My son and daughter-in-law are now leading a small group for their church in Champaign. They love the mission of the church. When the pastor mentioned a need for more small group leaders and hosts, they stepped up. See, they had discovered the past year the benefits of belonging to a small group. And they wanted others to feel the love, the support, and the encouragement that comes from being together with others. And it's been good. I've seen it in their lives. I've seen a deeper connection to Jesus. I've seen a deeper faith for the future. And I've seen also the relational strength they have now because of friendships in the church. Guys, I've been a part of small groups for years. I've had the opportunity to experience the kindness and compassion of people toward me. I've had the opportunity to practice kindness and compassion toward others. Small groups are a great laboratory for us to practice these things we've talked about in a setting of grace, kindness, and love. I see it kind of like this. I have a bag of marbles and a bag of grapes. Okay? These marbles are kind of interesting. They're all they're all individual. They're all they're together in that bag, but there really isn't no there's no mingling going on there, is there? They, these marbles can't really get in each other's lives. And some churches could be like this. You never get into anybody's life. You never, never really have a chance to intermingle and get deeper. The church could be like this. It could also be like this. Each of these grapes are individual. They all have their own unique flavor. However, the longer these sit with each other, they begin to intermingle. And as they, as they break down, as they, as they get together, they create a beautiful, beautiful flavor from being together. Because they truly get into each other's selves. The church can be like this. Or church can be like this. Now, I just want you to know And I don't think we're designed to walk this journey alone, separate, solitary, but together. And one great way to experience togetherness by small groups and being a part of one. So that leads to the challenge for today. There's a connection event right after church. Wally has designed this event to help people explore the, the possibility of getting a small group. It's called, uh, oh, help me. Thank you. Taste of community. <laughs> Taste of community. I love that. I love that idea. So there's going to be food. Okay. So I know, I know the relational, relational depth has been added to my life through years spent in a small group. And it's a great way to enjoy the journey of following Jesus together. Okay. So there's a connection event, first of all. So you can go out and just hear about what's going on. Second thing, second challenge, though, I want to ask you to try a group out for the next, next semester. There'll be a variety of opportunities for you to choose from. And if you've not been involved in a group before, give it a try. If you've been out of one for a while, reconnect because you know the difference it makes doing life together. And by the way, if you are hosting a group, I want to personally say thank you for doing that. 
I know that's a challenging thing. We've done that for years. And getting the house ready, (laughs) it's not always easy. But I also know the guests become family after time. And this has been one of the greatest differences groups made in my life, having another family. I attended a lunch team meeting for one of our churches just a couple weeks ago, and the planter made this comment. because He was talking about small groups. He said, you know, you're going to be making forever friends through these groups. In fact, he said, there will be people you don't even know right now who someday will speak up at your funeral because they become family. And the third thing, I give you the popsicle stick as a reminder of what we can do together, practicing these characteristics. You know, there are going to be opportunities for the week ahead. And you guys, we, we blow it. I blow it all the time. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Well, I just don't. I don't do those. I don't do them all the time. I blow it. But you know what? I want to try. So put this somewhere as a reminder to try to practice those things. There'll be an opportunity this this next week. I guarantee as you're living in a relationship with people to practice one of those five things. And when the opportunity rears its head, lean in with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, or patience. Whatever it takes. Try it one time. Try it one time. Put this somewhere as a reminder. I'm going to try it one time. And just see what happens. I'll tell you what. People need to see Jesus. And we get a chance to show people what it means to follow Jesus. By how we act and react. So let me pray for you as we look forward. Father, I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for what you do in us and through us. We know it's not, we know it's not us. It's not our power. It's not our strength. But we know that as we lean into you, you allow us to practice these things. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the love that you have showered down upon us. And help us remember that over all these virtues we've talked about, to put on love, love for others, love for you, because it binds everything else together in perfect unity. Lord, we seek you and ask for your help in the week ahead. In Jesus' name, amen.